On June 15, 2015, a New York Times Broadway critic walked into the Two Rivers Theater in New Jersey. He took his seat at the theater and started writing notes about an up-and-coming musical based on a 2004 novel titled Be More Chill. He wrote, Despite its unusual cyber-twist, Be More Chill, which is directed at a brisk pace, hews so closely to formulaic stories of adolescent insecurities and the brutal ecology of high school that the quirky bits register as just that. Little flips of novelty adorning a boilerplate tale like weird squiggles scrawled across a generic plastic binder. Audience members started canceling their tickets. They didn't enjoy that New York Times review. And that would be the end of Be More Chill. Except it wasn't. Here's the story of 300 million streams, the first ever Broadway musical to happen because of a viral cast album, and the emergence of one of Broadway's leading ladies. Jennifer Ashley Tepper is without a doubt one of the busiest human beings on the planet. The author, historian, and producer took a break from her current off-Broadway show Broadway Bounty Hunters Tech Rehearsal to share all about what inspires her about Broadway and why you should never, ever give up. I am Jennifer Ashley Tepper, a theater historian and author of The Untold Stories of Broadway, as well as Broadway producer and off-Broadway producer of Be More Chill and Broadway Bounty Hunter, and creative and programming director at Feinstein's 54 Below. So I wear a lot of hats. Um, I would say Broadway, it means so much to me because it's just um, an art form I've loved and loved um, growing up. There are so many extraordinary pieces of theater, uh, both from the past and present, that mean so much to me. And it's just exciting to get to be part of making more of that right now. The South Florida native was Broadway obsessed. She loved acting, and she studied the history of shows religiously. However, she never stopped in New York City. She never had the chance. So when she finally got the chance to see her first show, she chose The Full Monty. In the cast that night was Annie Golden, a longtime Broadway and film actor who is currently starring in Broadway Bounty Hunter. You might know her from the hit Netflix show Orange is the New Black. You know, I was so obsessed with theater from afar, as I mentioned in Florida, but I didn't actually get to go visit New York until I was, you know, had been obsessed with it for years. So my first trip to New York, I already kind of had like tons of musicals memorized and had seen tons of touring productions and had been in theater and studied cast albums. My very first Broadway show that I ever saw was, crazily enough, uh, The Full Monty, which one of the stars of The Full Monty was Annie Golden, who now is several feet away from me, uh, starring in Broadway Bounty Hunter, which I'm producing this summer off-Broadway. So it's a very full circle moment for me, um, but it was a great first Broadway show. And what's so crazy about it is the cast of Full Monty and the team that created it, I've interacted with a lot of them in different ways over the years whether interviewing them for my books or working with them at 54 Below. Um, and it's always nice to have those full circle moments in theater. There's a very important person to this story who we have yet to introduce. The New York Times has called him the future of musical theater. That is none other than Joe Iconis. He's an American composer, lyricist, and playwright. He happens to be the creator of Be More Chill and Broadway Bounty Hunter. You know the musical that the New York Times claimed was like weird squiggle scrawled across a generic plastic binder? When Jennifer Ashley Tepper was in college, she first came across Joe while at an internship at the York Theater. She pulled out one of his demos from a dusty drawer and has stuck by him ever since. 
what's crazy is like, we're doing Broadway Bounty Hunter right now. And obviously, Be Marshall's going on. And I've spent the last 12 years with, you know, working with Joe and the family, as I said, trying to get anyone to do these shows or any of them to happen. And all we've gotten our nose, really, I mean, this Be Marshall was the first time he'd ever had a commercial production of anything. And between the time that we did Blood Song of Love at Ars Nova in 2010, and Be Marshall coming off Broadway, you know, we couldn't get any production commercial or not for profit, both of which are great in different ways to happen in New York. So I think that like the family of artists, the way that Marshall has been received by some people is like, you know, they see the level of perseverance and the level of, you know, rejection that led to this finally happening because so many people didn't give up. Um, and that's been a cool thing, you know, hear from people in the industry who have noticed that, especially who've noticed it from Joe, because I think that um, so much of musical theater writing is just getting rejected 40 times for every one time that you get an opportunity. And that's like, that goes for the people I think are the most talented, you know, of the most talented writers writing today. It's like, you know, you knock on doors for eight years, you get a show, it runs for a few months. Like, it's such a hard um, industry. And then sometimes miracles happen. And then there's like a breakthrough. And then there's another breakthrough. And, you know, we do feel very, very lucky that Broadway Bounty Hunter is happening because of the doors that have been broken down because of Be More Chill. Joe calls all of his collaborators his family. It's a really unique thing to think about. No matter what their role is or how long they've known Joe, people have continued to stick by the legend known as Joe Iconis. It started um, like maybe 15 years ago because there were all these musical theater concerts where people say would say like, oh, it's so-and-so and friends. And Joe would be like, those aren't your friends. Those are random people that came to sing your songs. And that's totally well and fine. And that should exist too. Um, but when we did concerts we wanted to make it clear like you know these are people we've been collaborating with and building an actual family with like most of the people in the family like we all fight like we're family we work together like we're family like you know we're in each other's lives for decades yeah it was just a way of like showing people that the group of artists was connected more than just the usual and friends which again it usually means like oh there's a group of people on stage with you singing your songs that you've never met before i want you to think about something for a second There are 5 billion items of content posted each day on Facebook. There are over 500 million tweets that go out daily. A cast album from a show in New Jersey should not go viral. Like, there's no chance. Yet with the upscale swing in streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music, fans brought the show to life. 300 million streams. The show follows Jeremy, a self-described high school loser who takes a chill pill to be more cool. Except being cool is not all that it's stacked out to be. First of all, you know, when the show happened at Two River, people loved it. The show was like, you know, as far as audiences go, the audiences who got to see it, the reaction in the theater was like, oh my God, people were loving it. We were so proud of it. The show went really well. Um, Unfortunately, as it is with shows like Be More Chill, they're not based on a very well-known brand that are not backed by a large amount of money. There was no commercial producer that was attached at that point um, because it didn't. It got a not good New York Times review. It completely died. You know, I remember the day after opening, people started canceling their tickets to come see it, like potential producers, potential investors, potential theaters, because they were like, you know, it didn't get the New York Times review. It would need to move on. Um, so after Two River, you know, we definitely, by we, I mean myself, Joe Iconish, Joe Trace, there agents. Um, Everyone did everything they could to say, hey, will any other theater please do this show, even if it's not in New York, even if it's anywhere. Um, And no one really wanted to do it. Um, We couldn't convince anybody. And so um, luckily, you know, Two River and Ghostlight had the, you know, presence of mind to make a cast album happen, which 
was a miracle because, you know, cast albums don't recoup. They don't make their money back. And certainly something that played one month in New Jersey uh, would have been very easy when Broadway cast albums don't make their money back to go, okay, well, this happened. It's over, um, you know, next thing. But they recorded it and thank God. Um, and then, you know, it didn't, nothing happened until we did a concert version of it at 54 Below. Um, and that was shortly after. And when that happened, um, the Rogers and Hammerstein organization said that they would license the show to schools and amateur productions. So um, that was a cool step because what ended up happening is that shortly after that the album started going viral and we started noticing that online at the same time as these school and amateur productions started happening and people were you know flying in from Singapore or Japan to come see like a school production of Be More Chill at a school they'd never heard of just to see Be More Chill um, at the same time as you know Gerard was getting fan art at the Groundhog Day stage door and George was answering thousands of you know new fans on Instagram um, and so as these things started happening um, we were saying to people like, hey, notice this, like, can we do this show again? You know, how can we make this happen? And finally, um, Miracle of Miracles, you know, Jerry Gehring stepped in and he's the one who really made the show possible um, in, in coming to Off-Broadway and then eventually to Broadway. Tepper moved to New York City not knowing anybody. While her name now floats through Broadway royalty, for a quite a long time, that was really not the case. She was spending time in basements, pitching ideas with her close group of friends. You know them as Joe Iconis and the family. Her piece of advice for all those trying to make a name for themselves really struck me. Yeah, I mean, I really think that the key to all of it, no matter what you want to do in theater or not in theater, is like just to find the people that you really want to collaborate with and just start making stuff. I mean, I think that so much of like, how do you be a producer? Or how do you get started working in theater is like, you know, grab your friend who you know and do a reading in your basement with pizza for 10 people. And like, if you want to write it, write it. If you want to produce it, you know, maybe your friend wants to write it and like find those people and start at the smallest level um, that you need to. And then just like do the next thing and the next thing, you know, so much of like what I am doing now on, you know, the level I'm doing at is because it started out 10 levels before that, you know, the stuff that we're doing in Be More Chill on Broadway are things that we've been doing like in basements for 40 people for years. So um, I think just getting started is like the real key. And so many people feel like you have to know someone, you have to get permission, you have to get a certain job that you apply for, but it's never really that. And like, I moved to New York not knowing anyone and, you know, everyone in my family is in medicine. No one ever worked in theater. Um, you know, my family's full of lovely pharmacists and doctors and things like that. Um, but it's like, you don't have to get permission from any or know anyone. You just kind of have to find people who are like-minded and get started. Tepper has managed to find a Broadway niche. She's the author of the Untold Stories of Broadway Books series. She's the historian consultant on the upcoming film Tick, Tick, Boom. She's overseen the production of more than 3,500 shows at Feinstein's 54 Below as the leader of its creative programming team. She's a researcher at heart, who has spent so many times researching at the Library of Congress. She's one of the most passionate and influential Broadway people out there. One of the most infamous musicals of all time is Rent, which was written by Jonathan Larson. Larson unfortunately passed away before the musical ever made its way onto the Broadway stage. So Tepper and her team set out to do the unthinkable. They put together the Jonathan Larson Project, a musical rendition honoring Larson and all of his unheard work. 
so much of my research um, was stuff that ended up not being like literally directly related to material that we did in the Jonathan Larson project, but it did inform it in so many ways. And what I mean by that is like, you know, I read through every notebook and every, um, you know, piece of paper brainstorming lyrics. I listened to every tape, even, you know, bootlegs of shows that um, he did readings of that weren't produced or demos of his that weren't finished or, you know, just him at a piano banging through like an Elton John or Billy Joel song. It, it was so much, um, you know, when he passed away, the family really wonderfully took everything and just immediately donated it to the Library of Congress. So they really have quite a thorough collection um, that gives you a real idea of him as a person. I have to say something I come back to again and again, which was really <laughs> influential and, and, you know, just kind of gnaws at me as there he saved every rejection he ever got so there are like rejections from every not-for-profit theater every producer every you know grant application but one of the craziest things was that there's a recording of um, a reading of his musical superbia that happened at I think the dramatist guild and in it you hear like this reading of a bunch of the material in the show and then there's like a panel where three people just riff the show apart and you hear Jonathan kind of receiving the criticism and one of them is definitely Sondheim who is the nicest and then the other two I don't think I ever 100% like confirmed who they were I think one of them is Peter Stone but it's just like an hour of these writers telling Jonathan all of the things that are bad about this show and when you know that he like worked on it for 10 years trying to make it happen it's just such a testament to like his level of perseverance and this was before he wrote Rent you know this was like a guy who like you mentioned earlier like this business it takes so much perseverance and he had the guts and the perseverance of like 10 people you know, like he believed in what he was doing so much that nothing would stop him or make him give up. And he went through so many things, basically worked at the diner every second that he wasn't writing to make ends meet. Um, and he kept going. And I think just like that level of perseverance, I think, trickled through in what we created with the Jonathan Larson project in various ways. And it, it definitely stuck with me. That moment is what this industry is all about. Stephen Sondheim, perhaps the most celebrated American musical composer of all time. The man with eight Tony Awards, an Academy Award, eight Grammys, a Pulitzer Prize, and the Presidential Medal of Freedom, telling you that your work is not good enough. Telling you that what you spent more than a decade creating just isn't going to cut it. It's heartbreaking. It's theater. That's the way this industry works. After graduation at NYU, Tepper applied for more than 100 theater jobs. She got declined from literally all of them. Now she's been named one of 10 professionals on the first annual Broadway Future Power List for leading the conversation on contemporary musical theater. Jennifer Ashley Tepper has managed to do the unthinkable. She's managed to create a name for herself in an industry that never wants anyone to succeed. Well, that might not be true. They want everyone to succeed. And yet at the end of the day, very few wind up succeeding. Jennifer Ashley Tepper, you've managed to do just that. When Jennifer was hired for her first internship, she was psyched. It was the summer before her junior year in college. She was assigned her first major task, cataloging script submissions for new musicals. She found a musical demo from an up-and-coming writer. The demo wasn't a part of the assignment so she secretly made copies of it and took it home. That demo just happened to be Joe Iconis. She knew she had to work with this guy, so she wrote him a fan letter. She started going to his concerts, and slowly she became a part of his family. So why do I tell you this story? 
because it embodies what this musical Be More Chill is all about. What that New York Times writer could not see that day he was in the audience. That audience members saw themselves in the show. Many of us have been Michael, who sings a song about sitting alone in a bathroom at a party because all of his friends ditched him. Or we've been Jeremy, who just wants to be that one cool guy at school. Or we've got caught up in all of the silly drama from high school. Jennifer Ashley Tepper made something out of nothing. And when all those other companies turned her down, when all of those other producers canceled their tickets, she didn't give up. Neither did her family. She just tried her best to pass the test and survive. La, la, la.